This morning, I want to share with you briefly how to test, or let me put it this way, how to know where and when the Spirit of God is at work. It's long, but it's explanatory. How to know or how to test to know where and when the Spirit of God is at work so that you know, so that you are not deceived. There is so many deception going out there. You have to be armed. And by the grace of God, as one that God has given the grace to pastor this place, your family, I have to be able to listen to the Spirit of God and to guide you by that Spirit, to warn you, to instruct you, to correct you. And so this morning, because of the level of deception going out there, it's important for us to know so that when you see the Spirit of God at work, you can know. How many of you think that's very important? In a country where everybody says, the Lord said to me, as I was coming, the Spirit said to me. Uh, in fact, me and Jesus slept yesterday night. As we woke up, he told me this. You know, all those kind of stuff. Everybody claims to speak from God. So it is important for you to know, to be able to tell when a man is speaking of the Spirit or not. One more time, let me ask you the question. How many of you think that's very important? Praise God. Hallelujah. How to know to test, to know when the Spirit of God is the one walking. Because the eye, it is so easy to deceive the eyes. But you will not be deceived in the name of Jesus. The book of 1 John chapter number 4. 1 John chapter number 4. We're going to take it from verse 1. 1 John chapter number 4. We're going to take it from verse 1. The book of 1 John chapter number 4. And before I speak this morning, I have this on my note to give you this assignment. So I may as well say it now. Look up here. Every one of us here, we are called of God. How many of you believe that? You may not feel it now. Okay, it's okay. But as you are being transformed from this glory, you too will testify. Somebody say a loud amen. amen. And so God walks through us to reach people. And the, the more... God opens my eyes to see how the life of people are manipulated, how condition changes God's glory in people, how a lot of things, a lot of forces work against. So it makes me to become conscious of certain things. For example, our children. And that's why I want to give everybody this assignment this morning. From this moment on, if you are a member of this church, you have to know that our children is everybody's assignment. Our children here is not pastor's assignment. The children are not the assignment of children teacher. The children are not the assignment of some people. The children are everybody's... Uh, did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? What did I say? No, no, no. Personalize it. What did I say? Good. The children, they are my assignment. Let me tell you why this is important. It is better that we maintain them in the glory of God so that they are able to confront what is out there. The parents know you are not with them all the time. And the older they get, the more they get to go outside and interact with people. And there's a lot of forces out there that is designed to corrupt their minds 
And so it's important that when they come to church, they are fully what established. And so I didn't say you should go and shower them. Their parents take care of that. But you got to be a part of their lives. When you pass there, go there, look at them and tell them how beautiful they are. Look at them and greet them and tell them you are blessed. Is there anybody who can do that for me here in this house? Look at them and tell them, wow, you look so beautiful. Do you know you are beautiful? You are blessed. You are anointed. I want to hear, see them hear that from everybody. From everybody. Sir, the church of God is struggling today because we cannot see. This instruction I'm giving to you is by the spirit. And this is to help these children overcome some things. Don't forget what I said. The reason I come here sometimes in the morning, I would prefer to be in this place where service starts, when service starts. You don't see me here because I'm first with the children. I go myself to go and buy them biscuits downstairs. Not because I cannot send somebody, but I want them to see me do it. I want them to see, I can call anybody here to go do it. But I do it intentionally. Because I want them to see me do it. So, every one of us here must know. If you don't know before, now you know. You have been called into a ministry of children. Somebody say amen. amen. Are you hearing me so far? And you are anointed for that. And I pray over you. Each time you counter them, you will have the right word to say over them. In the name of Jesus. Ask them, how are you doing? I don't want it to be a work of few people. I want it to be everybody's uh, work. And uh, your money no go finish when once in a while you give them one or two things. That's cool. That's what we do. We have to, the church has to be a saving house because I know what is outside there. They, we want to have them grounded. We want to see them know that they are cared for. There are cares that their father might not be able to give. Why? Because he's running around trying to make ends meet. And so we cannot sit down here and teach the man here 14 fundamental ways how to be a good father. All of us can be good fathers. So that what the father cannot do, the moment we have with them, we can do. How many of you think that this is something of the spirit? Please understand what I'm telling you. They have to come to this place, feel loved, see loved, experience love, hear the word that built them up. When somebody tells them otherwise, they will say, I know who I am. Somebody say a very loud amen. amen. Hallelujah and hallelujah. Don't forget that. So let me go to my message this morning, 1 John chapter 4. Beginning from verse 1, remember what I'm sharing with you this morning. How to know or to test the whether it is the spirit of God at work or not. There are many who are claiming, thus say the Lord is everywhere. Magicians, necromancers, witch doctors, transform into church packaging. That's a guy I used to know. I used to know this guy when I was in secondary school. He was a local 419 guy in my place. Everybody knows him. Local 419. Local. When you want, you know the one, not, not really for the local one. Right. And so, some few years ago, I went home. The guy had built up an upstairs, very nice house. I said, ah, is that this guy's house? They say, yes, so, ah. They say, he opened a church in Port Harcourt. 
<laughs> so he is transformed from local 419 to <laughs> uh, I'm sure you know and because the people listen to me we, we, we're not going to get upset because Jesus saw people he didn't get upset he saw them as sheep needing what a shepherd if people know the truth they will not patronize some places and that's why we got to stand up to show them what the truth is somebody say very loud amen Delightfully loved friends, again, look at the words of the scripture. There's no anger here. Look at the flow of the words of the spirit. Delightful, it starts by saying, delightfully loved friends. <laughs> Did you see that? It's emphasizing that. By the way, I'm reading the TPT, right? And I will show you now, another reason why I use the TPT is here. Is here. Now, the other translations may say, dear children or beloved children, but this one says, delightfully loved friends. And I'm very certain that when this letter was written, everybody this written letter was written to, they were not perfect. Guaranteed. But look at how they were addressed. Delightfully loved friends. Don't trust every spirit, but carefully examine. Somebody say carefully. Did you notice the word carefully examine? Now, the old translation says that you should test every spirit. Is that what it says? If you have an older translation, it says you should test every spirit. And so, how do you test spirit? And ladies and gentlemen, I have often told you that one challenge we have in the Bible is that people read things literally. When it says test every spirit, is it saying ghost? Like you should go and be looking at spirits. Right? No. He's trying to tell you to test the spirit that is in men. That's what he's saying. Test the spirit that is in men. So, again, the reason I use TPT is because the older translation says test every spirit. But it doesn't tell you how to test it. Is that true? Is that true? And such translations leave room for a lot of things. That is why someone like me, I will have to go back and go and study how, right? It will mean you will go back to study, understand the words that were used and what the intended meaning is. Test every spirit, it says. But look at the TPT, and this is why I use the TPT. The TPT tells us exactly how to do it. Is that on the board? Can you see it on the board? How do you test the spirit? Examine Say, but carefully examine what they say. That's how you test the spirit. Test the spirit is not to smell and know whether where they come from. No, you test the spirit by examining carefully what they say. Have I told you that what a man is on the outside? Every experience a man has outside is what that man is in his spirit. Have I also told you that that spirit is molded by words? Words may not necessarily be words spoken to you. But when circumstances happen to you, they speak to you as well. Is that true? And so a man's spirit is molded by words. And what comes out of a man's mouth is coming out of his spirit. That's why the Bible said, 
test every spirit, carefully examine what they say. How you test the spirit is to examine what they say. That's why I started telling people, when you go to a place and somebody walks by the cemetery and raises all the dead people, and then they follow him and be singing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. First, that will mesmerize you. Is that true? But if you are a man of the spirit, you will wait to see what that man will say. You will wait to see. When you go to a place, somebody says to you, your phone number is 080 Is that your number? You say yes. It's okay. But test next what the man we say what he will say will tell you the spirit at work in the place. If after you are now filled with fear, then you know it was never the spirit of God. Somebody say loud amen. Because the Holy Ghost will never impart fear into your heart, it will take away the fear. Test. And to see what they say. It's not about. He didn't say check what they perform. Did he say that? No. He didn't say check what they perform. He said no. He said exa carefully examine what they say. That's how you test spirits. Because what that man says after that. Is what he really wants to do. If after he calls your phone number. He now says to you. The Lord said. That you must give 500,000 today. You know that the man's spirit is a thief. Right there. You see? That's how you know. Check what they say next. Because no God commands you. If you don't bring, you must bring it. No, 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 no. Nope. The man is a thief. Do we give? Of course we give. But the scripture says, the spirit of God wrote it down. He said, let every man give. Not of necessity or compulsion but as he wills in his spirit that's what it is friends and so test don't get carried away by what you see come down and carefully examine what they say whether that thing confirms who Christ is or whether it denies who Christ is because when a man tells you that God say, if you don't bring this money now, now, you know that that one, because now, what is coming to you is not coming because of what Christ has done. It's coming because you are bringing money. Are you hearing me so far? I'm trying to help you stay safe. Because there are many false prophets and false spirits out there. Back in the day, I knew guys who, when I was a young guy, I knew guys who performed magic. Now, when I think about it, those guys would do better being pastors now. Because when they perform that magic, these people say, God is there. <laughs> if I, I ask somebody, I said, if you come here and tell you your phone number is 0, 0 this, 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 I said, yeah. I said, would that shock you? He said, yeah, I said, because you're Mumu. Why? Because you already know your phone when you hear the spirit of God, you hear things you don't know about yourself. You hear who you are. And that raises your faith. Somebody say a loud amen. Now let's continue. So I have told you how to do it. 
carefully examine. He didn't just say, look at it. He didn't say examine, but carefully. Carefully examine what is said. Because what is said is important. And that's why I gave you the assignment this morning. That all of you now, from now on, to these children, you are now a prophet. That's the assignment. You look at them and prophesy over them. You look at them and speak health over them. You look at them and speak life over them. They must leave this place all time knowing who they are in Christ. Let me hear you say it very loud. Amen. Amen. Now, carefully examine what they say. Now, to determine if they are of God. Because what they say will help you determine if they are of God. Because many false prophets have mingled into the world. Give me the next line. I have a longer passage. Give me the next line. Here is the test for those with the genuine spirit of God. Now, this is the Bible telling you, if it says there is a genuine spirit of God, that means there is the one people who fake. Is that true? Is that true? Now, so you don't get carried away because the easiest thing to deceive is the eyes. Don't forget. The eyes is the easiest thing to deceive. But a man who is established in the spirit. I have a pastor I used to follow many years ago. He's one of those people that God used to establish me in ministry. Never met him, but I was directed to him by the spirit of God and I devoured all he had to say. Years of ministry. I listened over and over. He told this story. Why? That one day he was in church. Preaching. And then suddenly. The chimes. Starts to play by itself. The chimes. Nobody touched the chimes. It started to play by itself. And to those who are driven by the eyes. Everybody wow. I think they captured a little bit of it. And if you know this person, you know that this person has no reason to go and start setting up those kind of things. No. And so, everybody was calling, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. He said, it was only one person who had understanding. People were calling, asking him, how did it happen? Is it really happened? Wow, we never see stuff like that. He said, it's only one man that called and asked him, what were you saying when that thing happened? What were you saying when that thing happened? And of course you know. He was telling people how righteous they are in Christ. Somebody say a very loud amen. amen. That's what he was saying. It's not the thing. It's what you were saying. The whole world was calling, asking. Hey, what, is it true? He said, it's only one person. And he said, that's the man of the spirit. Because he understands that what is said is important. Don't forget you are your spirit and your spirit is molded by words. That is why you have to be careful of what they said. It says genuine spirit of God, they will confess. Those with the genuine spirit of God, they will confess Jesus as the Christ who has come in the flesh. Just notice that it's not only Jesus that is the Christ, but that he has also come in the flesh. Now, again, those who read Bible literally we just assume that this is just people opening their mouth to say Jesus is Lord. See? They will just people opening their mouth. Mm -mm. It's much deeper. Tell your neighbor it's much deeper. Come on, tell somebody it's much deeper. It's much, much deeper. It's much, much deeper. He says this spirit will confess Jesus 
is the Christ. Notice the phrase. Jesus as the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. And he has come. In the flesh. Question ladies and gentlemen. Does this simply mean. That to confess. That 2000 years ago. There was a man called Jesus. Who came in the flesh. Well that's okay. That's part of it. But the more you look. The more you see. Because don't forget, if I start telling you to examine what they say. So it's not a matter of somebody just saying Jesus is Lord. Right? Because most of these places, do they say Jesus is Lord? Do they say that? Many times. Jesus is Lord means when I begin to explain to you truly the Lordship of Jesus over every other thing. That Jesus coming in the flesh means that you, that Jesus is coming into your flesh. That means that who that Christ is, is now what? Who you are. Over and over, I must explain Christ to the context where you start to see that he has come in your flesh. Because Listen to this very carefully. Because once that is established, then it becomes difficult to deceive you. Did you notice that? Because if I establish the fact that Jesus has come, yes, the one, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who came 2,000 years ago, is our example. Is that true? Is our prototype. Is that true? Is our prototokus. Is that true? Very good. Is our example. And so now he has come in my flesh. If that is true, then I can no longer turn to you and say that you are cursed. Have you seen that? I can no longer come to you and say, well, if you don't bring this 2,000 now, Jesus will not bless you. There's nothing like that. That's where our assurance is. And I'm going to show you that more and more. Because what is happening today is that there are many places where Jesus is denied and they are not aware. When I say to you that because of Jesus, all of your sins has been completely forgiven. Past, present, and future. Are there church people who say it's not true? Good. That's where Jesus is denied. Because to call the name Jesus and still tell the man he's a sinner. Has Jesus come? No, he hasn't come. To call the man, even to name this man Jesus, change this man's name to Jesus. But I tell him that he's still his sins. Jesus has not come in his life. Christ only comes in that man's life when the consciousness of who Christ is and what he has done is there to that man. That means that is what my message says at all the time. Whether I'm saying it directly or directly, but that is what my message conveys at all time. Otherwise, you know Jesus by name. And by the way, by the way, friends, you notice that Jesus is a Greek name. Have I told you that before? During his time, he was not called Jesus. Jesus is a translation. That's when people start making all this noise. I say, calm down first. How much do you know that he has come in the flesh? 
What did he mean? Coming in the flesh is because by his flesh, the Bible says in his body, the Bible said his body was torn open that my sin may be paid for. That's what it means. He has come in the flesh. He came and became a man. What is the significance of him becoming a man? He became a man and took away all my sorrows. Somebody say very loud, amen. amen. The prophets, 500 years before he came, Isaiah says, he took our iniquities. Our sorrows, he took upon himself. That is the flesh. So when I finish singing Jesus is Lord, and my message makes you translate sorrow that he has taken away, I am denying him. Because if I tell the truth about him, I will tell you that he has taken away your sorrow. That means his coming is real in the flesh. Means that it's practical. Are you with me this morning? His flesh means that it is practical. It is real. It's not a theoretical Jesus. No, it is the one that the Bible says, by the sacrifice of his body, I have been set free. So when I preach to you the message that tells you that you have been set free, Jesus has come home to you. Otherwise, what happens is that to you is still an expectation one day, one day, you will feel better. One day, one day, when you do well, when you perform well, you become righteous. Hmm? One day, one day, when you avoid all mistakes, then God will glorify you one day, one day. That means for you, Jesus has not come in the flesh. Is this making sense to you this morning? Now, this is not even my message, Joe. I'm just trying to clear your path in this. Jesus has come in the flesh. Because by that flesh, my sins have been paid for. Forever and ever. Because he has come in the flesh. I am not a sinner. Will never be a sinner. Cannot be a sinner. Now when I am convinced of that, Jesus has become my flesh. Is that true? <laughs> and it says they will confess Jesus as a Christ who has come in the flesh. Next line. Give me the next line quickly. I have another scripture to read. Next line, quickly. Can you do that for me? Next line. Everyone who does not acknowledge, notice, now the word is changed. It's not no longer confessed. It's acknowledged. Anyone who does not acknowledge that Jesus is from God has the spirit of what? Antichrist. Has the spirit of Antichrist. So Antichrist here is a spirit. It's not a man. It's a spirit at work in man. And for you to understand very well, anti simply means against. Does that make sense? So this spirit is against Christ. So when I preach to you that you are forgiven because of Jesus, somebody say no, it's not true. Is that spirit against Christ? Listen to me. Is that spirit against Christ? Because against would deny what he has done. I look at you and say, you are righteous because of Jesus. Somebody say, no, how can you be righteous? <laughs> that is antichrist spirit. The spirit is against what Christ has done. It will point you to somewhere else. The spirit will tell you that salvation is Jesus plus something else. 
The spirit makes less what Christ has done. So when I said to you that, mm -mm, sir, you are complete in Christ, they said no. Uh, it is true that you are born again, but you need to go to your village to go and figure out what your ancestors has done. Does that make Jesus less? Does it make him less? Now that's denial. Because they are telling you that Christ is not enough to save you. Christ is not enough to deliver you. Christ is not enough not just to bless you but to keep you blessed. That is the spirit of the Antichrist. It's a spirit according to this scripture here. And that spirit is a man. Remember how this scripture started. He said carefully examine what they say. Whether they are denying Christ or saying that Jesus is Lord. Saying Jesus is Lord is that he's a Lord over all things. He's a Lord over principalities and powers. He's a Lord over everything. Unfortunately today, there are many more people, for example, for example, for example, when you say some certain things today, like last Sunday here I said, look at how they corrupt the mind of people. Somebody says, every new level, there's a new devil. Have you had that before? Have you had that before? Is that promoting Christ? Now, I tell them, I said, when you teach people such things, you are setting them up for troubles. Even their spirit is producing devil for every level. Don't forget what a man is in his spirit. That's what that man's experience will always be. Oga, are you saying that these issues I'm having is something to do with my spirit? The answer is yes. Every new level, there's a new devil. I don't see scripture that. I didn't see the Holy Ghost say that. I didn't see any of the apostles say that. So when you go to a place like social media and you say stuff like that, Guess the people who will attack you. Is it unbelievers? No, it's church people. Suddenly, pastors become promoters of devil. They become apostles of demons. They will start to say, ah, don't mind the, I, these people. They are saying there's no devil. There's devil, no. Am I called to promote Christ? Or am I called to promote devil? Is Satan my Lord? God forbid. I am an apostle of truth to declare all the time who Christ is. And then when you are full of that consciousness, when Satan and demons see you, they will run away. No. Suddenly they become apostles. Oracles of demons. That's how they deny Christ. Instead of filling the believer with the consciousness of Christ. Now, the man is half and half. It's true that there's God. Have you heard people say, it's true that you are saved, but you know these demons. Have you heard that before? Let me ask you this question this morning. Maybe it will help you understand. If that was the main problem, when Jesus came, why didn't he just Pack Satan 
and all the demons and destroy them finally. Why didn't he do that? He ignored them and paid for your sins. He ignored them because he knows that with you, as concerns you, they are powerless until their day comes. But today, remember what I told you. You just watched. They, they just commanded somebody. Boom! The man stood up from the wheelchair. When he stood up, they said, you know, there are seven levels of demons. The Bible says, how you test the spirit is to examine what they say. Whether that thing confirms that Christ has come in the flesh or whether it denies. Are you getting something this morning? Are you sure? You've got to be wise. Everyone who does not acknowledge Remember, no, he didn't say confess. Acknowledge. That means their message is not based on the reality of Christ. They don't acknowledge that Jesus is from God. He says that spirit is, uh, is of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is already active where? In the world. Tell your neighbor you will never be deceived. Come and tell them. Come and say it louder. You will never be deceived. Now you can tell whether the spirit of God is at work. Because don't forget what Jesus says. He said when the Holy Ghost come, what will he do? He will testify of... Uh, is, that, is that what he said? So when you see Jesus being testified, somebody telling you not about your weakness, not about your village, not about your failures, but that man is telling you that Christ is the righteousness of God. That Christ... that. Everything that is God is in Christ. You cannot know God outside of Christ. And because Christ come, your sins have been forgiven. You have been set free. You have been delivered from witches and wizards. That is the spirit of God. Because the purpose of the spirit of God is to testify about Christ. Is to testify. Is to explain who Christ really is. <laughs> You have been set free in the name of Jesus. It's to testify. He said it's already active in the world. Give me 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's roll. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse number 15. Let me show you something. Okay. Of course if you go to the next verse. Stop. Before you change. Little children. You can be certain that you belong to who? <laughs> Look at the beginning. Little. Little. See how the Spirit of God arranges us. That's why they tell people. Some of you, your problem is that you that is the thing that has filled your head already. This is why Jesus will say, look, for you to experience this kingdom, you know what Jesus says? For you to experience this kingdom, you have to accept it like a little... Did he say that? Yes. Don't be too wise. Tell your neighbor, don't be too wise. Come and push them. Push them. Say, don't be too wise. Touch somebody. Say, don't be too wise. Don't be too wise. Don't be too wise. In fact, tell them, don't be wise. Well, don't be wise in your own opinion. Come on, tell them. Tell somebody, don't be wise in your own opinion. Now, within the whole people. So, um, I had this story. So, let me tell this story. Very funny story. It's a nice one. I had this story uh, when they came to my house. How many of you know our twin daughters, uh, Julius's daughters? You know them, right? They were telling me that these gears have a strategy. That when they need something, 
and come to you. You talk about money. They will say, the money is in my daddy's pocket. I said, hallelujah. I have, I have learned a new one. When I go look for something, you ask me where's the money. I said, don't worry. The money is in my daddy's uh, pocket. <laughs> and they will go to their father's pocket and be putting their hand. So in their mind, there's always money in that place. That is faith. <laughs> that is faith. Are you with me so far? I said that is faith. Somebody say amen. amen. You might laugh is funny, but that's actually what faith is. When I tell you that despite the fact that physically now you don't have cobalt in your account, but you are seated in your house and somebody said this weekend that I love it, he said, imagination is the power to close your eyes so that you may see. Your eyes closed to your account that is nothing. But in the imaginative spirit that is in you, you are creating millions and billions. You are being like those children. Because in your father's pocket, there is always money. It's always money. You are being, that's why I say people, calm down, calm down. When you close your eyes, single right now. You are when you open your eyes, not only you and your phone, you they see. But when you shut that eyes, then the eyes of the spirit transports you from that place to the beautiful home that you have dreamed of. That's how I taught you here. That first you've got to move the spirit. For whatever you move your spirit into. That's what your body will follow. You are here managing single. Nobody to tell you welcome. What will you do? You could go church, but you now turn it into a song. By the time you finish singing the song of seeing my life now, nobody's telling me wake up. This and that. Tears all over the place. Oh, Father, where are you? God, have you had me? Did that? My own sin, is it different from. <laughs> <laughs> eh? no <laughs> no that one you are leaving the spirit behind but when you shut your eyes you know those children in their eyes there's no lack in their eyes did you notice that when you shut your eyes imagination is the ability to shut your eyes so that you can see and then suddenly you rejoicing. The more you see yourself, joy comes to your heart immediately. That's how you know that prayer. Jesus said it this way. He said when you pray for something, believe that you already have it. That's in your spirit. You're already there. You see yourself with a very lovely husband. Not Yahoo Yahoo boy. Hmm? Not the one. That's why I tell believers, be careful what you listen to, what they say. They make it look like every boy is an idiot. Every man is useless. Every boy is, is, is scum. It's a scam. Marriage is scam. This is scam. That is not for you. It's not your reality. It may be yes, but it's not yours. When you close your eyes to all their nonsense, to all the noise in the world, when you close your eyes to them, and then your spirit starts to see this handsome Baba Way who cash. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who won't suffer? Your suffering does not give him glory. <laughs> you see this clean guy, 
who respects you, loves you, cares for you. <laughs> I'm showing you the way. I'm showing you the way. And you keep on that. And then suddenly you're going your own one day. I was telling them this morning. I was telling them this morning. Not those boys that we see in the mall. They would do. <laughs> suddenly you are going around. I have seen supernatural things happen. Somebody say amen. Where you did not expect. Where you were not looking at from. You were just being yourself. Just being joyful. Living in the Holy Ghost. Suddenly. That's a connection. And when God does it. You don't need to struggle to make it work. don't need to struggle to make it work. If not by struggle. Why are you never doing since now? Now the Holy Ghost is at work. Somebody who values you. Respects you. My brothers. The same thing. When you cook your beans and it burns, huh? don't cry. Instead of crying, close your eyes to the burnt beans. <laughs> close your eyes to the burnt beans and see this beautiful sister, fully anointed, serving you your meals. Glory. <laughs> I'm being, say, hey, this kind of life, eh? this kind of life, eh? this man, only this my beans. God, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> close your eyes to the burnt beans. Pack the beans, eat it, but close your eyes. <laughs> close your eyes. <laughs> close your eyes to the burnt beans and thank God for you are in a better place. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You are being blessed for what you hear. Somebody say amen. Don't worry, don't forget. Examine what they say. And I announce to you, no power in heaven and earth will stop you from enjoying this glory. For your eyes have seen. What I describe to you is what my eyes have seen. That every situation is changeable by what I just told you now. I've had to tell people who are concerned about some family members. I say, close your eyes. Don't complain about how they are. Close your eyes and see them how you want them. Otherwise, you complain from now to tomorrow. Okay. All this one, what they told. Now, just from little children, no. I saw Waka go here, so. All right, let's finish up. He said, be certain that you belong to him. And you have already conquered the, them. We have already conquered them. Now, let's go over. Yes, this is first, second Corinthians, right? This is second Corinthians 3, right? All right. So, remember what I'm telling you. I'm trying to show you how to know. Where and when the spirit of God is at work. Now he says, so until now, whenever the Old Testament is being read, the same blinding comes over their hearts. There are two churches today, or three. One are those who are complete Old Testament. The second are those who are a mixture of the Old and the New. The church that is coming, I say this by prophecy, is the one that carries the transforming glory. Because they will transform and transfigured from the glory of Moses. That's the glory of the law to the time of the spirit. That's what I just showed you now. How to move from your spirit. How to create new environments from your spirit. And he says, 
So until now, whenever they read for them the Old Testament, guess what it happened? It still keeps them blind. This is not my message. Let me move on. Next line. Give me next line. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, ladies and gentlemen, since you came to this church, what is the thing that I have required of you? Open heart. Nothing else. I just told you how to know so when you know that the spirit of God is in a place based on the testimony of Christ, your response is to open your heart. He said because, but the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they can uh, see. Look at your neighbor and say you see. Come on, look at them and say you see. Touch them and say you are seeing. From there you are seeing. You know that sight is what people need most. How many of you know that? If you look up here, if you know how to become a billionaire, eh, if I tell you now, do one, two, three, you will do it. You see it, you do it. Will you do it? Eh, you will do it now. Nothing will stop you. If I tell you that it is trekking from here to Lagos, power to trek will come. You will see yourself marching. Say, so is it not Lagos? No, it's here now. <laughs> is, it not, is it not Lagos? They say, no, don't worry, don't worry. You are going, glory be to God in the highest. You are waving everybody on the road. Goodbye, goodbye. Because you are certain of what happens when you get there. What people need is sight. They need to see. And what they need to see is the glory of God. And that glory is manifested in Christ. That's why he said, examine what they say, whether they are testimonies of Christ or not. Next line. I'm going somewhere. Now, somebody say now. The Lord I am referring to is who? The Holy Spirit. And wherever the Holy Spirit is Lord, how do you know there is what? Freedom. Somebody say freedom. freedom. That's how you know. I just showed you two things. You test what they say. Then you see whether there is freedom. And this freedom here, you know, we used to use this those days for singing. When we want to sing, we say, uh, the spirit of when this, where the Spirit of God is, there's liberty. Everyone will start to jump. No, that's okay. But what it means in context is freedom from the law. Where the spirit of God is. Where the Holy Spirit is Lord. Don't forget, Lord. That means he's the final say in that place. What you know is that there will be freedom in the place. Freedom. Nobody will tell you, if you don't give money, God will curse you. Is that freedom? That is Moses. You see? That's why the Bible says, whenever that Moses is read to them today, their heart is still blind. They are still blind. No. Freedom is when Paul says that giving should never be a matter of necessity or compulsion. But a man has the freedom to decide what to give. That's freedom. Because you know why? Because now we are trusting that the Holy Spirit in them will guide them. So, we are removing the power from their hand and letting the Holy Ghost guide them. That is why I say to people, check the faith you have received. Did it bring you to freedom or did it bring you to bondage? I came to church this morning wearing a red hat. Why did I remove it? Because I know say Moses is still there inside some of you, small, 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 small here and there. Because if you see me standing here wearing cap, my village cap, 
Some of you will say, ah, this man, how far now? <laughs> what is he trying to show us? So for your sakes, right? And that's the spirit of the New Testament. Listen to me carefully. I started telling you that you and I must live above the knowledge of good and the evil. So what is driving me is not whether it's good or wrong, whether it's correct or right. No, it's love in my heart. If wearing the heart will offend somebody, I will keep it by the side. Not because it's wrong or right. Where the spirit of God is Lord, you will see freedom. Freedom from the rules. Freedom from the Ten Commandments. Freedom from the law. Because now, if the law is in place, you don't need the spirit. Do you know that? If I tell you that, the demand of God is that you must pay 10% of your money. If you don't pay it, God will curse you. Or God, Do you need the spirit? No, you don't need the spirit. I've given you the law. So you keep the law. I told you that there's a church arising. Somebody say it loud. Amen. And it's a transforming glory of God that's manifesting this church. Where the king of the ministry, church is run by the Holy Ghost. I don't have to force men to give. But I commit them into the spirit of God by faith. Knowing they will do what is necessary. Are you with me so far? Hallelujah. Freedom. Somebody say, I am free. Come on, stand to your feet all over this place and decree, I am free. Come on, let me hear you decree, I am free. Remember what the scripture says. He said, when the son of God set you free, he set you free, how? Indeed. Look at your neighbor and say, I know free, you are free. Now, let's finish up this. Keep standing. He said, where that spirit is, there is freedom. This freedom is freedom from the law. Freedom from, you can eat this, you cannot eat this. If you eat shrimp, because it doesn't have blood, you go to hell. I want to bring the shrimp, hallelujah. Bring it, let me eat it. Right? Bring it, let me eat it. Because what happens, listen to me, in the absence of the spirit of God, you need law to keep the people. You need law to get them to clean the church. You need law to get them to sing in the choir. You need law to get... That's why you tell them, you see, this church, we know, by 5 o'clock, angels have closed the door. They say, you may, you, you may be able to walk physically, but spiritually, angels have already closed the door. You see, that's how you tell... Remember what I'm preaching to you about? How to know and to test, to know when and where... The spirit of God is at work. Every place you see freedom, the spirit of God is at work in that place. And freedom from the law. You hear them talk about Christ over and over. You hear them tell you that what you are now is just being transformed from one level and that this is the work of God. Where there is no Holy Ghost, it's not that we are, you know, I, I like the physical things, I like the manifestations, I like the tongues, the people falling down, everything is good. But listen to me carefully. How you know, it says now, the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Ghost. And where he is Lord, remember, where he is Lord, where he is Lord means that he is the one in charge of this place. There is freedom. Freedom from the law. Freedom from rules. You don't go greet people. 
Because you are forced to greet them. Out of the love of God in your heart. When you see a brother, you go ask, how are you doing? God bless you, my brother. Because you are moved of the spirit. And let me tell you what happens, friends. Before you gather here on a Sunday, how many of you know that God already knows what you need? How many of you know that? If all of us are open, he will walk through all of us to meet and exceed every need. That's when you see somebody looks perfectly dressed. So I want to give this man 5K. He's perfectly dressed. You don't have to go and ask him, uh, has your ancestors forgiven you? No, don't like that. Brother, uh, sorry, I don't have cash. What's that your account number? Let somebody ask you that. What, what's your account number? What's your account number? Yes, what's that your account number? That's the, what's that your account number? Quickly, don't waste my time. Pium. Right? And then the man goes home knowing that he had, he, he was not sure where to eat the next meal from. Without him asking, without him going to kill to beg, the Holy Ghost meets the need. Because there are hearts that are open to him. Just like I was telling you this morning, the need of the children. We don't have to wait for them to be destroyed before we start praying to heal them. No, we make their need ahead of time. Feed them with the confidence. Feed them with the grace of God. That's how it's supposed to work. Wherever the Holy Ghost is Lord, there is freedom. If I tell you, if you don't forgive your neighbor, you'll go to hell. Do you need the Holy Ghost to forgive them? No. The fear of hell will make you to, even though you don't want to. You are still looking at them with one eye. But you know, you don't want to hell. You don't want to go to hell. Brother, I forgive you. <laughs> no. Let me hear you say one more time, freedom. Yeah. Next line. And I want us to read these ones together. That's why I got to stand there. Next line. Now, let's all read with a loud voice like we are shouting it. One to go. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our face. And with no veil, we all become like a mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter glory, level of glory to another. And this glorious transformation comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Somebody say Amen. amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> This is the New Testament church. And that's our reality here. Welcome to the transforming glory. I said welcome to the transforming glory. You will see it. You will eat it. You will chop it. You will experience it. You will manifest it. It is your portion in the name of Jesus. We have come to that transforming glory. Look at what it says. From one bright glory to another. When the Holy Ghost, that my life is nothing but a reflecting mirror of the glory of God. That's what I just explained to you. When I look at that man, not knowing his need, but the thing they push me to give him 5K, that's manifesting the glory. Needs be made. Needs be made. I love what he says. We are being transfigured. This word here is the same word used in Matthew 17 
where Jesus was transfigured. Go and read the story when you get home. That's what is happening to us. Transfigured or transbounded. Did you hear that English? Trans. Uh, <laughs> you don't know what that means? Hmm? Bangwe is change in Igbo. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same thing. Trans change. Transfigured. It's the form of something changing from one form to another form. When you go home to understand this word because of time, read, I think it's Matthew 17, where the Bible tells the story of the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus' physical body was transformed. Before his, the apostles, they saw him transformed into the fullness of his glory. That's what is happening to you and I. In the name of Jesus. We have been, look at somebody and say, I'm being transfigured. Come on now. I'm being transfigured. And you are trans, being transfigured from one level of glory in Christ to another one. Oh, come on. Let's celebrate Jesus in the house. Hallelujah. Just lift up those hands and say, thank you, Father. Come on. If you receive something, thank him for it. Hallelujah. If you receive something, thank him. Just thank him. Kita makura brados kelibredea. Indere maso tohulia brados. Libra kandos kelibredea. Mamande ketu bredoshi kahali bredes. Sembo liba kato mende ketu bredoshi. Indere bosanda kato halabradea. Male koto besekepesh. Zembro kunda katushki inda libredea. Come on somebody. Worship him. Worship him this morning. Say, I am being transfigured. From one level of glory, like the image, the mirror of Christ, his image is projected from me to my family, to my husband, to my wife, to my children. I am being transfigured into the fullness of his image. From one level of bright glory to another level of bright glory. Let me hear you pray, friends. That's what you confess as you live here. You are being transfigured. You are moving to the next level. Malinde kato mahadas, imbre kinda kato skale makori kato hole bredes, zembro kurababa shanda lebrede zanda ramosa, milande rebosa hale bredes, zanda kato hale brede, harare rebos kanda le masupa horode rebosi kahale be, imbondos kahala bredes, zembro duski idale bradende kete halabosa. Thank you for this glory. Thank you for this transforming church. Thank you for this awakened church. Thank you for the awakened glory that is transforming every man from one level of glory to another. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And please, a young man, you are here. You know that you need to start all over. Speaking specifically, please don't walk away until you come to my office. You know, in all these things that you've heard, it's clear to you that you need to set a new mark. It's already set for you in the spirit. I want you to come see me so I can lay my hands on you and let that unusual power that break 
habits concerned about those habits a power comes that changes your taste hallelujah glory to Jesus one more time lift those hands and say thank you father just worship him 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 thank you precious father we give you praise and we give you glory just for the sake of time thank you precious father how many of you receive something in this service today how many of you come on now bless him bless him bless him bless him bless him bless him, bless him. hallelujah thank you precious father we give you praise and we give you look at your neighbor and say congratulations tell somebody congratulations welcome to the transforming glory come on come on come on come on hallelujah hallelujah welcome make sure you congratulate somebody make sure you do that all over this place say welcome to the transforming glory just tell them welcome to the transforming glory hallelujah hallelujah 